You're listening to the A Connector Podcast with host Mark Foreman. Let's get connecting. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of A Connector with your host, Mark Foreman, the Brooklyn Blues Man. Yeah, so, you know, a few different things have been on my mind. Got some ideas to share, put out there, see what you think. Um, you know, I have a long background in different types of business from service, uh, sales, manufacturing, and uh, back in the day was also involved in grocery sales. So in terms of some recent uh, trends, one of them being uh, legalized marijuana, legalized cannabis, another being uh, charging stations for electric vehicles. Uh, these are things that are in the news a lot. These are things that are growing uh, still somewhat considering emerging technology, I guess, with the uh, electric vehicle charging stations and then um, I don't I guess technically there's been some breakthroughs as far as uh, in the in the way of edibles if you look at cannabis uh, related products and whatnot uh, so what is what is a similarity why am I talking about this what's what's in my head let me let me get there um, so basically you know I see from the standpoint of looking at the stock market because there's a lot of uh, cannabis company stocks there, growers, processors, uh, some that make edibles, some that make um, uh, things that you can uh, smoke, of course, or uh, different oils, uh, some purely THC, some purely uh, CDB. I should mention uh, here in Taiwan where I live, uh, cannabis is still an illegal substance, so um, I'm not uh, talking from the standpoint of uh, reg regular usage here because, like I said, it's not legal here. It might be legal someday and there'll be a different ballgame. And I think I should mention one of the reasons, I think one of the major obstacles to the legalization of cannabis in Taiwan is because of the background in uh, greater China with the Opium War, uh, which basically was a ploy by some uh, British merchants that were basically pirates initially, and then the the crown, I, I believe, agreed to to give them the royal seal as far as uh, uh, approved trading companies, as long as they would cut in uh, the crown uh, with some a share of the bounties, a share of the spoils or tax or whatever. And so, basically, what happened was that uh, some some old trading houses had a real good uh, supply in India with opium. And uh, they were doing stuff in Hong Kong and realizing, hey, you know, China's such a big market, it's a shame that they can't move their Indian opium uh, to the Chinese and, and, and make some uh, major coin that way. And so the, the, you know, the crown got involved and there was a little war, which the Chinese lost. And so basically opium uh, went into China en masse. So that's kind of behind the background why I think uh, it's particularly tough because the, the Chinese associate uh, marijuana cannabis as kind of being on a level with opium, uh, rightfully or wrongfully. And, you know, I think, of course, 
uh, wrongfully if you look from uh, possible addictive properties. I mean, clearly opiates have a major physical and psychological addictive property, whereas it appears with cannabis, it's more of a psychological uh, reliance or habit as opposed to uh, physically needing needing it. Um, anyhow, a funny story that I, I recall uh, here in Taiwan when Costco first came in and they were getting set up and they had their bakery uh, going and so of course Costco was getting most of their supplies uh, from the U.S. shipped over. And so I remember there being a shipment of poppy seeds that was seized, and it was a big deal in the local news because anything with poppy in it, you know, they're all freaking out because poppy means opium, right? Uh, well, not really. And, of course, poppy seeds also, as far as I know, are sterile. They're inert uh, because I think, they've been, I think they've been processed, they've been cured, uh, so they don't sprout or anything. So, But anyhow... Uh, that gave a clear indication that uh, the history that's there and it just kind of hardwired in. So what 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 happened? In fact, Costco needed to just kind of uh, give up those seeds and they uh, changed to using black sesame seeds in the place of poppy seeds in this market. Anyhow, uh, that's not why I'm here today to talk about poppy seeds or bagels or or baked goods with them, uh, but. Definitely some food products and some edibles. So what my thinking is on all this, of course, you see a lot of uh, different players, some getting bigger and bigger and buying up uh, other uh, companies, growers or, or product makers in the marketplace. But the one thing I wanted to assert is what I see, and I, I, I think one of the big victors in the cannabis space is going to be some of the uh, the usual suspects. And what I mean by that is th- it's going to be some of the corporate entities that have been around for a long time and the reason is the three l's of real estate location location and location well what i mean by that all right for example you have major players like anheuser bush uh i forget their new corporate name i'm going to say maybe inbev something like that uh coca-cola etc and so these companies nabisco these companies have been around forever they have major major established relationships with the grocery chains uh, the supermarkets internationally and so that's where i brought out the three l's location 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 uh, dynamic so what i mean by that is uh, when i was in the grocery business what you realize is you know the grocery the supermarket is one big store just like a department store but basically then you have all these little stores within the one big store and so your your little store so for example i was a chip guy i was working with a company that was uh producing uh tortilla chips it was in arizona great market for that so there's a lot of little local indie guys fighting for space but then you have the big ones you have like the doritos which is a frito-lay product uh and so on and so basically what i what i came to learn was that uh, when I was in it, the things started changing. The supermarket chains were like, okay, you want to be here, you got to pay to play. So, for example, if you want your allotted space or you want to increase space, which you better prepare a good uh, presentation for that because space is a premium. There's just so much space in the store. And they kind of, the store managers don't like uh, to allow what we call end caps or like freestanding. Uh, vendor units 
that you see like on cardboard or whatever be on the end of the aisle or kind of sticking out somewhere. But inevitably it happens because uh, the vendors pay to get that space in there. So what, what the system was that you had to guarantee the store so much sales, so many turns per square foot, meaning that if I give you one square foot of space, how many times are you going to turn it? You've got to guarantee that you're going to be basically uh, selling enough and making enough profit for me to, to warrant me giving you that space to sell in my store. And so, of course, the big companies have budgets for that, and they could do that. The little guys, not so much. And so, basically, you could see the the winners you know, just kept on winning. It was just very hard for, for a small guy uh, to get space or to get, get any additional space. And so why am I mentioning them? I mean, they're not, Nabisco is not making cannabis stuff. Well, maybe they are, but, you know, I, I don't know that for sure. But I, I do believe that pe- companies like that, companies like Coca-Cola, I think Coca is probably already making some cannabis-related products, and certainly some of the alcohol and tobacco companies will be white. Number one, they have these relations with the stores. They already have this real estate in these key uh, marketplaces like the supermarkets, etc., and they have a lot of dollars, and so it's just really easy for them to buy up some of these players now. Let them kind of, you know, fight it out now, uh, wait it out, wait out the the fully legal situation in the states. I know it's already fully legal in Canada, and then just kind of go p- pick through there and decide which companies want to buy up or just cut their own deal and do their own production on those kind of products because it's really nothing proprietary there. They've got the brands, they've got the real estate, and so it's something that they should easily be able to come in. And I'm not I'm, I'm not saying there will be no indies or no uh, newer companies or pure cannabis companies that survive. Yeah, there will be, but it's the same old thing. It's going to be, hey, you know, the cannabis sales, especially if people want to smoke it, that's going to be eating into some of the cigarette sales. So the cigarette companies are not going to be happy about losing all those cigarette sales. So it's like, okay, you can't can't uh, beat them, join them. So get into the marijuana uh, cigarettes and uh, sell those. And that probably make a better profit margin than you did with the tobacco. And uh, same thing with the, with the beer. Uh, I know there's some, uh, I believe there's some, uh, ciders or seltzer products that have uh, CBD in it or even some with THC uh, and that kind of a thing. And I think you'll see more and more of that. And then, of course, too, a lot of people don't like to smoke uh, and but, you know, do like the idea of consuming uh, cannabis or uh, with THC uh, for the medicinal effect to just relax and uh, sit there and giggle while you're eating your Oreos or uh, you know, you can you can get high on the food that normally uh, you eat because you're high. So you can kind of sit there and eat some chips or, or crackers or cookies or, or gummies or chocolates or whatever that are THC rich that uh, are going to give you the desired effect. So I think that's just a given. I think you'll see over time as things are fully legal, and I think that's the only reason that they're kind of waiting and not making a major move on it yet. Uh, that's that will happen. Okay. So there's another industry, and I mentioned earlier, it's uh, charging stations, electric charging stations for electric vehicles. Now, that doesn't get you high, although it probably gets the uh, battery pretty high in the uh, Teslas and other uh, electric cars. And where is the 
3L dynamic at play there. Okay, same same idea. You have Tesla, number one, doing a great job having a lot of their own proprietary stations, also opening them up to other electric vehicles. Good move, Tesla. So that's a big uh, uh, profit center there, and there'll be more and more. Uh, and then you have a lot of new uh, new kids on the block, like uh, ChargePoint and uh, some others, and they're they're uh, cutting deals with the people. And the way you, uh, I know, like with ChargePoint, they have equipment and a system, and but they don't want to get in the real estate business. They want to. They're basically running like a franchise, and they say, okay, if you have land, if you have a location, and you want to take our equipment on and join our network. You know, they cut you a deal, and so you provide you you provide the the location, you provide the real estate, and they uh, lease you the equipment, and they, um, they 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 add you into the network, and they they share uh, proceeds with you on that kind of a basis. So basically, like a franchise. Okay, that's great. Well, how about the legacy guys? How about the mobile oils and the shells and the Exxon's and whatnot? Because they've been at this game a long time. The oil sales are going down and down. On that note, uh, you may or may not know that uh, that um, the Saudi Arabian government or one of their uh, one of their organizations is basically, I believe, the the majority shareholder of uh, Lucid, uh, one of the new uh, electric vehicle makers. For a good reason, they recognize that uh, with electric cars coming on the scene. There's going to be less and less people driving ICE vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles, and which is basically what they provide the fuel for. So rather than just kind of have all their income stream disappear, uh, get ahead of the ball and, uh, and start investing in some uh, things that are basically uh, moving their cheese. So find, finding a way to basically get a share of the pie. Okay, so they're doing that. Well, don't you think that the Exxons and the Mobiles and the Texacos, etc., the Gettys, BPs, whatever, are going to do the same thing? Because really, getting back to my um, grocery model, they have the best locations because they've been around for a long time. I'm sure Tesla's got some decent ones, but if you think about it, you know the the legacy stations I just mentioned, the gas stations, they've been at this game much longer, so they have a lot of the prime locations. And rather than let them go to waste and you say, okay, we surrender, uh, Tesla and ChargePoint and whoever, take it over, we'll go home uh, with our football and uh, we won't fight. No, they will. Uh, they'll just start to add charging stations in their gas stations. And in fact, some of them might be like completely uh, just move over to electric charging. Uh, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever the market demands. Basically, these companies at heart are just, you know, mainly marketing companies, and they get it, provide the product and services that the market wants or perish. So that's kind of uh, what I just want to talk about. I've been kind of uh, thinking on that. Uh, mentioned the market earlier. The market's been kind of crazy lately with a combination of, of uh, people's fear over uh, Om- Omicron uh, variant, etc., and then also the... Uh, uh, inflation, which uh, the federal government, the Federal Reserve said is transitory. And now they're saying, no, I never said transitory because guess what? It, it's not really transitory, although probably part of it is and part of it isn't. And they don't really share the full uh, the full metrics 
to determine the the actual rate of inflation because there's a lot of factors that should be uh, in there that they're not, and uh, so um, and basically uh, they're also going to be tapering on their uh, purchase of uh, financial uh, uh, instruments in the market, and so that's going to. Uh, that's already impacted. I saw someone today on Twitter, a guy they follow, and uh, he mentioned that he feels that there's not going to be an additional significant drop or correction because probably a lot of the drop or correction, especially if you look at growth stocks, it's already occurred. I mean, there's been like a major drop off in the um, cap in the in the value of growth stocks, and I know that because I'm invested in quite a few, and um, so. Uh, we will have to see. But at the end of the day, everybody's got opinions. Uh, you hear a lot of conflicting voices. Everyone on Twitter and social media is an expert. And I'd say that, you know, uh, get out there and do your own research and make your own decision. Uh, because uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you are investing or if you're thinking about investing, that's something that's your money. You're going to be the one that, that, that benefits from your choice or, uh, or suffers from the wrong choice. So you should make the decision. But I think there's good information to be had. Uh, you know, some people like to listen to both bear cases, you know, which are kind of negative or pessimistic, as well as listen to bull cases so that you have both sides of the story and uh, you can make the best informed decision. So today, that's about all I have. Just wanted to get in there, say hi, uh, share some of these thoughts that have been kicking around in my gray matter. And uh, we'll be back at you soon. So this is Mark saying peace out. And catch you on the flip. Bye now.